This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. This is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening, it's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show. This is how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter. It is the first Tuesday of a new month, and you know that means we're going to be taking a visit to the barbecue doctor. Do you have any barbecue and or grilling ills that are causing you pain and consternation and or otherwise? Well, you're in luck because we have a barbecue Hall of Famer, a multiple-time author, a TV show cooking class instructor. TV show cooking class? I don't know about that. A TV show, a guy who's been on TV shows, and a guy who has also done cooking classes. Maybe that's what I meant to say. And he is, of course, none other than the good doctor, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Always enjoy catching up with Ray and seeing what's happening with him. Missed him last month, I believe, so uh, always looking forward to catching up with Ray when it comes to the first Tuesday of the month. And then we will move on to the second interview of the first hour. You see him on this show semi-regularly. Initially, when you found him on this show, he was, and still is, the president and CEO of MMA Creative. At that point, they were the marketing partner for Kansas City Barbecue Society, that was the introduction into the live fire and barbecue type situation. Since that time, he has also created a little something called the World Food Championships, which has really gained steam. If you didn't know, a little later this month, the final table will definitely crown an overall grand champion or overall winner Of the World Food Championships, you recall that, I guess, technically, later this month would be the main event or the final table, but the World Food Championships, the latest edition, took place in November last year, and that's where the new format was also brought about, where they were carrying over the final 10 
instead of getting an overall champion as they had done in years past, they were going to hold over the 10 segment category winners and provide them a final table to go head-to-head at a number of months later. Well, uh, I think the World Food Championships took place middle slash or beginning slash middle of November, and now here we are right in the beginnings of April, and April 22nd and or 21st and 22nd, you will find the final table actually taking place. So we'll talk to Mike and get his gauge on what we can look forward to here in a couple weeks, how we can all take a look at it, because there has been talk about how this is going to be carried for the fan of World Food Championships to consume. And then we'll also see if some of those benchmarks of success and getting the names of the final 10 out there in a way that they were hoping to be different as it was in years past has been a success or kind of a success or not nearly as good or whatever. Usually if Mike's coming on, we're not talking about things that didn't go over that well, but maybe they didn't. Mike would be the first guy to sit there and admit that things weren't panning out or maybe they didn't go off as planned this time around, but of course he always has contingency plans working in the background. So we'll catch up with Mike McLeod in the second interview segment from World Food Championships, and then we'll move to the second hour. And I'm going to be talking with a guy who I have been following probably for the better part of seven, eight, nine years. I'm always interested in the people who are interested in and are taking a part in the business of barbecue, whether it's restaurants or selling rubs and sauces or accessories slash accoutrements. Or maybe they have a barbecue and grilling shop where they actually sell barbecues and grills and accoutrements, all that good stuff. You don't really see them around. Uh, They're not as prevalent as you would call a big box store in a lot of the footprints around the country. But typically, every city or greater metropolitan area has one of those stores, but maybe it's not overly close to you. But Sam does a really good job. I'm sorry. So I'll be talking with Sam Hayes from Sam's Northwest Barbecue Company out there in Oregon. And we'll talk to him about his background, why he got into selling barbecues and grills or how the store came to be. Maybe he had no super interest in opening up the brick and mortar store. But I think what sets Sam apart for, at least to me, because I watch him on social media, plus we have a really good live fire retailer out on the west side of Cleveland called uh, Heat Exchange out there in North Ridgeville. It's kind of a hike for me. But I don't see them bringing in tractor trailers full of cookers. Not saying that they don't, because they do have delivery docks and storage and all that stuff, uh, inventory, if you will. But you get on Sam's Northwest Barbecue Company social media page, and you see tractor trailers full of different kinds of cookers coming in. So very anxious to get caught up with or to get to know him, see how he got in the business. And then see what's working, see how the model might have changed here over the last handful of years, and we'll go from there. So that's your lineup for this evening. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy coming up next. Mike McLeod after that. Sam Hayes in the second hour. Your phone calls and emails welcome, as always, 216-220-0966. Or you can also email the show greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Well, I have to tell you that the reaction 
to one Jason King's booze teen video hit a fevered pitch by midweek last week, especially as the audio podcast was dropped, and I may or may not reference what's happening with the podcast here. If you're a live listener, you don't know any different. No big deal. If you're a podcast listener, you're seeing something change here over the next handful of weeks uh, just as an experiment. So if you've never signed up for the show or that's encouraging you to sign up for the podcast, not only in addition to, or not in place of, but in addition to watching the live show, go ahead and hit the website, hit the subscribe button, and away you go. But a lot of people heard it on the audio, and they're like, went to the video side on Facebook or on YouTube, and I have to say, the Booze Teen video was the most insane thing I've ever seen. The guy in Canada actually went to KFC, bought a tin of gravy, then smoked it at home, then poured a small bottle, entire small bottle of vodka in the gravy, let that steam and thicken up a little bit, poured it over his homemade french fries. By the way, if Jason King is in tonight or not, he's ghost right now. Everybody that referenced Boo's teen video in those emails also happened to mention how great those potato fries or those homemade fries looked. So I don't know if that thing makes the house smell or if it's just a great device altogether. Maybe you never use it. I think having a deep fryer always seems like a great idea, but I've had them before. I've really never used them. So, of course, I'm apprehensive just because I see a great-looking deep fryer and it looks like it's made really good homemade fries for me to go out and cast some money aside to buy something that I probably really won't use. I find myself catching myself a lot doing that, thinking, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to go out and buy that because I'm going to use it a lot. Then I give it a day, then I give it to, and then I really start to internalize it. And I go, you know what? You really will not use that. You think you will, but you will not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Andrew, uh, uh, you All are right. Not. In actuality, I won't really use it. So I've stayed away from the deep fryer, even though Jason made it seem so extravagant and sexy. But to a man and woman that weighed in, especially via the audio podcast, all of them said, hey, I have to go watch this video of Booze Teen. So Jason, success to you. Not only was it a great success a week ago as we opened the show with it, but is now living in infamy on the internets in various fashions. Barbecue food for you, the guy that did the Booze Teen video. That's how I'm getting a lot of my email addressed to me. Congratulations. All right, folks, before I get to Ray Lampy, I want to talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills, leading the pellet nation right now. A couple different models to choose from or model lines to choose from. The Pro Series models, those are going to be your entry-level styles. Maybe you've thought about getting into pellet-style cooking or you want the convenience of what a lot of people think is gas, but you don't want to use gas. You want the flavor of real wood. You want the real wood smoke. Pellets are certainly a way to enhance both of those features. All you have to do is head over to TraegerGrills.com. That's TraegerGrills.com and check out exactly what they have. As I just mentioned, the Pro Series is something you're going to want to check out if you're just getting into it. Now, maybe you are a little bit more savvy around the fire. You have those fire management skills already in hand or you have an offset cooker or a charcoal driven cooker. You just want to add something 
for the barbecue and grilling family. Well, the Traeger is a great addition there as well, especially if you want to get up into that higher level of tech and higher level of meat capacity. The Timberline models are going to be the ones you want to take a look at there. The Timberline 850, which is super popular out there on the competition circuit right now. A lot of teams using them. A lot of teams doing very well in the categories and overall. Then you have, of course, the Timberline 1300, which is the granddaddy of them all. Maybe you have a really large family. Maybe you're starting to think of a small catering business and you want that nice pellet convenience. 1300 is probably going to be a little bit more up your alley, but the 850 and the 1300 both come with the same style of tech. All that cloud-based stuff that everybody's clamoring about these days, TraegerGrills.com, the place to go to check those out. And, of course, the 850 and the 1300 have that constant refresh of the sweet blue smoke with that unique drafting and exhaust system that's in the Timberline. Doesn't look like the standard with that chimney stack. It's all exhausted out the back. Check it out online. Timber Tim, Timberline. TraegerGrills.com. That's TraegerGrills.com. And you can see which model might suit your needs the best. Might I suggest picking up one of each line? That way you can have them both compare, contrast, and use in tandem. I got eight or nine smokers and grills and various associated charcoal whatnots out on my patio. They all have a place. Don't let people tell you you just need one. Poppycock. The more, the better. The more, the more options you have. You have more options with Traeger right now with the Pro-Line and the Timberline. We're back with Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show is brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, All of Butcher's barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. They were just winning in my backyard this past weekend. The weekend before that, they were winning on the competition scene with Dave himself. That's the thing. Dave just doesn't come up with great products. Dave uses his great products, and they win. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. That's right. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Let me punch him up here. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. How about you? So, have you are you on the phone this time again, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I so all of a sudden I lost my audio. I can't figure out what's happening. My lord, we're having the worst time recently with this. We're gonna have to start going back to the the old days and do it the phone and picture almost. I know, and you can't even. Can you see my? I'm wearing my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shirt in your honor, and I oh, can't even see it. Thank you. Uh, is, are the inductions coming up shortly? 
I don't know. I just was on the top of the T-shirt pile. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I appreciate the. Uh, it would be better if it said Barbecue Hall or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City and Barbecue Capital of the North Coast. That's the tagline. <laughs> Cleveland, yeah, Ohio. Fact. Yeah, I, I I would imagine. I'm not going to ask you to to get up and prove that. I'll take your word for it. Uh, Ray Lampy joining me here on the show, drbbq.com, his website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Um, Ray, last time that I had you on, I believe we missed a month last month, but we were talking a little bit about the Super Bowl. That had just passed. It's amazing. You come back, we've had another major sporting event transpire overnight, uh, NCAA Basketball Championship. Are you a guy that's into the NCAA tournament or college basketball in general or not so much? Uh, not so much. I, I... You know, if I happen to be one of my teams happens to be in it, I might get excited about it. But in general, I'm not much of a basketball fan. However, Villanova is the name of my favorite pizza joint in Chicago. That's why I've been ranting about Villanova. Were you not overly excited that um, Loyola was in the tournament? That's a Chicago team, right? Yeah, I was excited about that. I mean, I haven't been following it, so I didn't know who was who, but... Um, but yeah, you know, I would have been rooted for them if we got down to it. Sure. And these days I'm a Florida Gator fan and, you know, so if it's one of my teams, but in general, I'm not, you know, basketball, I was, you know, it's kind of weird. I was around in Chicago for during the whole Michael Jordan run. Oh, Ray's gone. He's gone. Oh wait, there he is. (laughs) I, uh, I was around during the whole Michael Jordan run in Chicago and, it's just hard to care about basketball after that. I got to be honest. I mean, they were just so dominant, you know, six championships in eight years and really did two years in between. Michael had retired. Um, it's hard to get, care about basketball after seeing that. Ray, have you ever worked NCAA tournaments from a tailgate perspective or a, you know, a hired gun, if you will, to cook food and stuff? I don't think so. No, not, not, not basketball. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Do they tailgate for basketball? That doesn't seem like a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in San Antonio, the weather is typically good. There's a lot of parking lot area, I would imagine. I mean, Texas is a barbecue capital, as we both know. Texas rising above everything else recently over the last handful of years. So I would imagine there's tailgate there, right? Actually, you know, it's funny you say that. We shot a TV show years ago in Houston, um, that one version of Pitmasters where Myron like took on the world, <laughs> didn't yeah. win all the time, yeah. so they didn't really like that. Uh, and me and Chris Lilly and Mike Lake, I think, were the judges. And that was in uh, we shot that outside the Houston, uh, whatever whatever they call it, that arena there. And it actually was for the Final Four. Now that you mentioned that, so I guess technically I have been involved. All right. Well, if you're interested next year, NCAA people get a hold of Ray. As long as it's in somewhere <laughs> tropical, if it's up here in Cleveland, obviously it's probably not a great idea. But you never know what weather you're going to get here in Cleveland at this time of the year. So uh, let's yeah. go ahead and start with the obligatory Dr. Barbecue restaurant update. Where uh, we're, yes. we're 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 probably hours away from a grand opening at this point, right? Well, not hours, but at least it's going to be this year. Um, right now, we have our eye on uh, June, end of June right now. And it's getting, as we get closer, it finally is getting realistic. Uh, yeah, man, this has been an adventure. I mean, everything that can go wrong from a time point of view has. Uh, I, I guess that's just what you expect with these projects. But literally, we were talking about it today. I think we've been talking about it for two years now. Yeah. Um, but we finally are. Yeah. I So I was on TV today and I said summer of 2018 for sure. So somewhere within that time frame. When you get to this point, 
when you have the space, you're going through and kind of making it whatever Dr. Barbecue's restaurant is going to be, how quickly does it come together once you're at kind of cutting through all the red tape and jumping over all the hurdles? You can see it come together on a daily basis almost? No, at this point, it's still dragging. Oh, no. In my mind, anyway, it's not. Stuff's happening. Things are moving. Um, The build, it's a huge build-out. It's a 9,000-square-foot restaurant when it's all said and done, which is a giant restaurant, and it was a gutted building. And it's really going to be nice. It's not a – it's a pretty fancy place uh, by barbecue joint standards. So it's just a big damn project. just takes forever, man. So, no, we're not – I'm not feeling that way yet. It will probably soon, and before you know it, it'll be like, you know, the rush to the finish. But, but no, I, I wish I could say it was. Maybe we've talked okay. about – I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe we've talked about this before, Ray, but is this going to be a sit-down restaurant-type place, or will you go to a cutting stand like you find in a lot of these other, I guess what they term fast casual places where you put your order, they cut in front of you, and then you can go sit from there? No, it's going to be a sit-down restaurant. We we really we went to a lot of restaurants, and we really spent a lot of time trying to think about that. But we want to have a nice restaurant, a really nice restaurant that serves really good barbecue. So we couldn't figure out a way that you would sit down, have a cocktail, get an appetizer, have your meal, maybe have dessert, maybe have another cocktail, maybe you want to sit at the bar and watch the game. That was more what we liked to have. And I don't know that we're going to have a lot of TVs, but we, we didn't want to give all that up just to sell piles of meat. But what's going to happen is when you walk in, you are going to see the line. You're going to see the giant oiler smoker right there. Right next to it is a big green egg. Next to it is a oiler uh, wood-fired grill with a rotisserie over the top. Hidden back is a old hickory because we just didn't have room for it up front. And then you'll see the line, and there's going to be somebody up there cutting meat. So you're going to get kind of that feel, but you're going to sit down and have a server, and she's going to bring you. We're going to have a world-class bourbon selection um, and who knows what else in the, in behind the bar. And um, you're going to sit down and get served by a nice uh, you know, server. You're going to get to have a couple of drinks. You know, one of the things is, you know, you go in this to make money, and, and every, other, every lineup barbecue restaurant I've ever gone to, and God, I've been to a lot of them, you have one beer. And if you didn't buy dessert on your first line through, you probably don't have dessert. And, and I just, we wanted to make it a full experience. I'm, I've been to a handful of new barbecue restaurants opening. I was actually just at one this past Friday. Uh, again, it's kind of a, a run up to a, a counter, and they didn't even have the meat being cut in front of you, so I don't even know what the hell was going on in the back, but I assume something barbecue-related was going on in the back. <laughs> how extensive? Yeah, we how, wanna, go ahead. We want to we wanna have both, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I went to Michael Simon's restaurant with you, and – while it's a pretty cool restaurant, I yeah. would have liked to have seen somebody dealing with the, the meat. So we wanted that, but we also wanted you to see some of the meat. And I think we figured out a way to lay that out. Because, you know, if you remember Michael Simon's place and, and a lot of these new restaurants, it's pretty enjoyable. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean they don't have good barbecue just because they have a server and, and you can get a fancy cocktail. Yep, that's right. How important or how much of a impress are you making on the wait staff for them to know inevitably you're going to get some a-hole like me that's going to sit down and go, what kind of a smoker do you have and what kind of wood do you use and give me the method. Do you try and train them or coach them up to be dangerous to a certain degree? Do you not even bother with it? What's the thought there? Yeah, absolutely. You have to, man. You have to or have somebody on the floor 
like me that's ready to get right over to that table and talk barbecue with these people. Because one of the things that you know, when everybody knows this, when you go to a barbecue restaurant, if you go sniffing around a little bit and asking, they're going to show you the barbecue pit. They're going to take you in the back. They're going to show you some of what they're doing. They're not showing you everything, but it's part of the experience of going to a barbecue restaurant. So we've got to be prepared for that. Uh, absolutely. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be a big part of my job is keeping the the staff up to speed on that. Because, uh, you know, they're young kids. They're, they're, they may or may not be into barbecue, but they need to be able to answer those questions or find somebody who does. Because we know uh, one of the things the, the, the partners are learning is barbecue people are different, man. They're, they are into it. They want to go in the back and see your smoker. They want to talk to you about meat. They want to talk to you about how you're cooking it. And if, they, if you don't know what you're talking about, they get mad at you and you're going to look like a fool. And, and frankly, you know, I tell all the big green egg dealers, you want to be that known as an egg friendly dealer. You don't want to be a guy that just has them on the floor. You want to be a guy that's into it because when they come in the door, they're the same as these barbecue freaks. They want to talk about it. They're into it. But, but heck, that's, you know, we're, we're placing my name on the door. <laughs> How could you walk in the door and not think we're into barbecue? So, yeah, it's going to be important. This is probably a question I, I never would have asked two years ago when we started this slow race to the finish here, but what about sourcing of meat? Like, do you have a, a lot of say in that? Do you have the ultimate say in that? Is that a group effort between you and ownership and a pit master? Where does that line kind of drop? Um, yeah, all of the above. We, we've, we've, you know, we started and stopped so many times on this. We've talked to a lot of meat products. We've got to have something I'm proud of. Uh, if that means that we think just buying commodity meat is fine, then that's the case. If we think we need to buy prime briskets, that's fine, too. Whatever we need to, you know, we need to decide what is going to be the best for our situation. Now, you know, you got to take price into account. It's yeah. business. Yeah. So whether we can justify prime beef, I don't know. Uh it, we will, what we're going to do, until, you know, unfortunately, we can't do too much until we've got the oiler fired up, and that probably won't be for another month. And once we do that, we're going to sit down and get, you know, all the choices that we've talked to over the couple of years. We've, we've got a lot of options, and we're going to cook the stuff right next to each other. We're going to sit there at the table and eat it with the price sheets on the table and decide what, you know, how, where's the line? What's the one that, uh, that really we like? that we can justify the price because I, I have a hard time understanding how some of these guys can sell prime brisket. It's expensive, yep. uh, but you know, and you can only charge so much for it, but if we have to, we have to, you know, that, that's the one you might have to bite the bullet on, but there's also some really great pork out there too. Uh, you know, that's not just your run of the mill pork. So it's not just the beef. Uh, we're, we're not decided yet, but we are got our eye on everything. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I do. I, I'm I I'm familiar. Most of these people, I have their phone number, you know, so the, I'll call them all and we'll get some samples in and we'll try it. Um, it's a big decision, though. It really is because it's hard to go. It's hard to go up. You know, I think if we chose to just use choice beef, it would nobody's going to care later if we add if we go to prime. Of course, I guess it's hard to go down, too. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough decision. We're, we're going to have to evaluate everything. You know, at the end of the day, yes, the quality of the food on the plate is the most important thing. But if you can't price it so that someone will bother to buy it, 
you know, if you've got a $25 brisket sandwich, nobody's going to buy it <laughs> from there. So um, we got to find that happy place. But I, we will. Dr. Barbecue joining me here on the show, Ray Lampy. Ray, last week I had my embedded correspondence segment, and my Texas correspondent, who you know, Doug Shiding, uh, brought up a interesting topping that we all a topping that we okay. Let's try it again. Topic, not topping. I got ice cream on the brain. Brought up an interesting topic that we all battered around last week, and he kind of listed out some of his non-barbecue crushes. For example, well, I mean, he could fall under barbecue, Bobby Flay, or an Alton Brown, or. You know, you name it, uh, a lot of Food Network or a lot of Cooking Network show type people that aren't necessarily barbecue related. And I was wondering, it was kind of an interesting uh, segment. Everybody had a different, nobody knew the guys that I said. You know, I was talking about um, the Frugal Gourmet and Martin yeah. Yan, Yan Can Cook, and Justin Wilson, you know, the the guy from Louisiana. But it, all the, the other guys had no idea who they were, and I was totally surprised. So then I was thinking of some items to talk with you about tonight. And I was wondering who makes the Dr. Barbecue list on non-barbecue crushes? Well, those three guys you mentioned it came to mind when you threw this question out to me this afternoon, because that was the Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon yeah. uh, uh, PBS lineup. Yep. And I learned tons about cooking from the frugal gourmet. I mean, you know, it ended badly. Turned out he, <laughs> as all the jokes about how, you know, his assistant Craig, um, <laughs> Turned out to be true. We didn't know that, but but I learned a lot about cooking from that dude. I got to be honest. That was the first guy I ever saw regularly on TV that was explaining it and cooking things in a way that I knew how to cook. And frankly, I'll tell you, the first trophy I ever won at a barbecue contest, and I've showed you the trophy before, 1991. I saw Frugal Gourmet was making a turkey in his oven, and he injected it with a 50/50 mix of melted butter and sherry. And I always, I did that, and I cooked it on the grill, and it was really good. And that was what I turned in at my first ever barbecue contest. Recipes in one of my books, and uh, it was a frugal gourmet recipe that I converted for the grill. So, I, yeah, I was a huge fan of that guy. I mean, like I said, now that we know he was doing some weird <laughs> stuff, I, you know, I can't support him too much. Of course, but Martin Yan, of course. I mean, it wasn't my kind of food, but but he was really interesting how he did it. And, and Justin Wilson, I mean, that guy. He cooked stuff that you wanted to eat. You know, I don't know that I ever cooked anything of his either, but but I learned a lot about them guys. But then I think about the beginning of the Food Network. Um, I don't know if you were watching it. I certainly was. Um, David Rosengarten, who's a cookbook author and, and was a big deal on the Food Network, he did a show called Taste, and he talked to you. He showed you how to cook like a, a real dish, something that you might want to eat every day. And you know who else? Sarah Moulton. And Sarah Moulton is also adorable. Have you ever met her? She's about four feet tall, and she's as cute as could be. Um, to me, those people were a huge influence on me. Um, to me, the one when, when it started to turn to even Bobby Flay and Emeril, I, I, they started to lose my attention. I'm still a big fan of the whole thing, but that's not where I learned how to cook. You know, to me, those early people that were really cooking um, had a huge influence on me. Uh, the other guy that I didn't remember last week, did you like Michael Chiarello at all, or did you find him kind of meh? I don't know that that was on here or wherever I was in Chicago. I don't remember that seeing him. I know who he is, but I don't remember seeing him doing a show on PBS back then. You know, Not everybody got the exact same lineup. Uh, Ray, let's do some Facebook questions here real quick before we run out of time. Uh, first one from Mitchell Bed- Bedwell. Asking if you're looking at any new ink. You in the tattoos still? 
Uh, well, the last one I got was about 20 years ago. My wristwatch had to. Sandy, Sandy said something about that. She goes, that's a weird question. I said, well, I do have a pretty famous tattoo on yeah. my arm, actually. And I got a couple of other ones that I got back in the 70s. Uh, I actually am thinking about getting something, funny you asked, about something to sort of commemorate the launch of the restaurant. Uh, I thought about getting a slab of ribs, like on the inside of my arm. But but you ever see a slab of ribs that didn't look like a pile of doo-doo? Or, yeah, right. Or uncircumcised wiener? I mean, it just... <laughs> can't imagine that it could ever make it look good. So then I decided I didn't want that. And I was thinking about getting some Chinese lettering that said pork fried rice. And I might actually get, get that. doesn't really have any symbolism for the restaurant, but I think it's kind of funny. Or I might just get the damn restaurant logo on my arm. I, I don't know. I, so I might actually. Uh, there's a, you know, tattoo parlors all around. It's kind of funny. I got two tattoos in like 1975, <laughs> another one in 1999, and maybe I'll get another one in 2018. Uh, Ray, last question here from Jacob Virus asking about texture of brisket. What's the perfect texture of brisket? How to hit the knife test every time? Yeah, I saw that question and uh, the similar question about ribs. And, you know, I'm just honestly, I'm out of the loop on the on what's competition worthy. I know what I like in a brisket. I'd want it to be. You know, we used to the pull test was kind of appropriate. I don't know what even know what the knife test is. Honestly, I see guys doing the thing where they hang it over their finger now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I always used to joke, and I, it stands. Uh, I, I stick it in my brisket testing hole, and I, I chew it and see what I think about it. So um, I don't know. You know, I say this a lot. Guys want to turn these things into a science project. I don't know. When someone slices some brisket off, and I put it in my mouth, and it, it's, it got nice and tender, and it's juicy— I don't really care if the slice would have laid nicely over your finger or, or pulled right. If it tastes good and it's juicy and tender, I'm good with it. So I don't know. It, it's a cooking brisket. I always tell guys that you got to cook 20 of them and then call me. And we'll start talking about it because it's just a lifelong job to learn how to properly cook a brisket. Um, now, you know, the stuff we inject them with and, and all the magic cookers and is all pretty useful and, and it served the uh, butcher paper is one of those things that it irks me that I didn't think of that first because it's such a great idea of a way to cook a brisket. But as far as getting it perfect, nah, man, you just got to learn. It's something you learn that that feel when you look at it and touch it and smell it, you know it's done. That's why he's the doctor, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, the website drbbq.com. And you find him on this show the first Tuesday of every month. Ray, always appreciate the time. Thanks for doing it. All right, Greg, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, Ray Lampy. Dr. Barbecue. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Yummy. Yeah, so learn how to cook that brisket first. If I get what he's saying. So he said, cook 20, then let's talk barbecue. Good advice. Hey, Right now, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com and pick up everything that you need for your barbecue pit in the back, right? Big Papa Smokers, the one, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Big Papa's known for the championship rubs and seasonings. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. And in the backyard, Big Papa Smokers offers 13 
perfectly balanced flavors flavors it will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Try a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa Smokers combine forces with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form the West Coast offense. And you know what that is, right? They're basically forcing everybody to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive crooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They also are the proud owners of the Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. You can find Granny's Barbecue Sauce on the top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And for aside from all of that, they have a really great selection of pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. How about a Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? If you're a backyarder looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. I've seen them in person. I can vouch for that, by the way. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them toll-free at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com.